But anyhow, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 3. And if you're there, if you don't care, please stand for the reading of the Word this morning. In chapter 3, verse number 1, it says, And he entered the synagogues again, and a man who was with a withered hand. So they watched him closely whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so they might accuse him. And he said to the man who, who was the withered hand, Step forward. Then he said to him, Is it lawful? Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept it silent. And then he looked around at them with anger, being grieved with hardness of their hearts. And he said to the man, Stretch forth your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. And if you would, just for a moment, I want to preach just on a thought this morning of positioning for a blessing this morning. And I want to say just by you being here this morning, you are positioning yourself for a blessing from the Lord this morning. I, I believe that sometimes you got to get your you got to get yourself into a place where God can pour out his anointing on your life. And sometimes just by simply showing up, you're going to find out that God can absolutely bless you this morning. So if you would, stretch your hands toward heaven and pray with me and for me this morning. Dear God, our most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning and we praise you. God, we thank you for everything that you mean to us, Lord. God, we ask you right now, Lord, that you would take me, that you would hide me behind your cross, Lord, that you would just ordain each and every word, Lord, that you would just preach through me this morning, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just touch each and every heart, Lord. God, that you would just elevate us to be the men and women of God that you've called us to be more now than ever, Lord. And God, I pray that you challenge us, Lord. God, let us get rid of everything, Lord, that's unlike you, Lord. And God, let us focus upon you and you alone, Lord. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would, you can be seated. Thank you, Nicholas. Didn't this praise and worship team do an awesome job this morning? Amen. Awesome job. And you know, one of the things that whenever I started uh, preparing for this message, uh, I, was, I was just by chance mowing my grass. And, uh, and if you have a wife like mine, it cannot go over a week without being mowed or she's going to let you know. It's not me that likes a pretty grass. It's my wife. And uh, so as, as I was mowing, I started sitting there and I started thinking about my grass just a little bit, and, and you know, people like to have a pretty lawn and all that, but we noticed that sometimes throughout the summer, Corey, that, that the, the grass takes a, a big hit sometimes. Sometimes when it don't rain for, a, for about 10, 12, 14 days, that, that we notice our grass will start to change colors a little bit. It'll start to, to wilt just a little bit. It'll go from a, a pretty green, and it'll start turning a little bit yellow, and then it'll start to die. But one of the things that I realized that it may go a long time, and that's the way a lot of us are sometimes, is, is we go a long time without a move of God in our life and we start to wilt a little bit. But all it takes is just one little rain. Amen. I, I don't care. My grass could be, I think, you know what, it, it's just about dirt. But all it takes is one little rain and it'll sprout back up just a little bit. It'll start to stand up. It'll start to get a little bit of color back in it. There's just something about the rain. 
And I'm going to tell you, the Lord spoke to me and He said, you know what, that's the same way that we are spiritually in the church today is we go so long without a move of God and we start to wilt just a little bit. We start to turn colors just a little bit. We start to fade just a little bit. We start to die on the inside. But it just takes one little rain from the Holy Ghost and I'm going to tell you something, we'll start to sprout back up. God wants to send rain back into somebody's life this morning. Hey man, we just got to put ourselves in a position so He can bless us this morning. By you simply being in the house, God can bless you in this place this morning. But I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes like Kayla and them said, sometimes it takes a little bit of effort on our part. And we're going to realize that is God will not bless anything that we first don't put a little bit of effort into. We got to be willing to go the extra a little bit. And you see, as we're going to see so many times, we, we see that First of all, that we're dealing with a man here that had a withered hand that prevented him from living life as normal. And, and, and so many times that I started thinking about this man whenever I was studying about it, Darla, and, and he was a man that worked hard. He was a, a block layer. He, he done all this stuff, but at some point his hand become dysfunctional. So at some point it become withered. It, he, he couldn't grip anything. He, he couldn't do anything with that hand because it, it, it just wouldn't hold on to anything. So he become less than what he was meant to be at that time. He couldn't provide for his family the way that he wanted to. He, he couldn't do a lot of things that he once could do because, you know what, he become ashamed of it so he would hide it just a little bit. And, and, and so many times that's the way that we do in the church today is we want to hide our, our sins. We want to hide the things in our life that, that we don't want people to see. We want to hide our ugliness. We want to hide our stink. We want to hide the things that, that, that we don't want somebody to see that, that we may be not who we say that we are. The second thing that they had to deal with was a withered church. You see, I, I, I believe with everything in my heart there's enough churches across corporate America right now that are withered. They're, they're, they're starving for a move of God. And I believe that, listen, whenever we get our focus back to where it's supposed to be, whenever we say, God, I, I'm not worried about anything else that's going on because I need a move of God in my life. And if God moves in my life, I promise you He's going to move in this house because we need a move of God in the church now more than we've ever needed one before. You see, the church failed at this time to be the dynamic church that it was called to be. The reason why we're not seeing a move of God the way that we want to see a move of God is because we're not putting forth the effort like we want a move of God. We come to church and we say, you know what, just by me being in the house, there's going to be a move of God. But God wants us to absolutely push into His presence. It's not enough just to come and to be like the Sadducees and the Pharisees and all that. Listen, they come to watch everybody have church, but God said, I want you to be the church. It's time for us to hold up our end of the bargain and say, you know what, God, I want the presence of God in my life. Billy Graham once said this. He said, we take excellent care of our bodies, which we have just for a lifetime, yet we let our spirit, we let our souls wither, which we will have for eternity. Now you think about that just a little bit. Now, I, I, I know that, you know, I, I've, like I've talked about in the past, I, I do terrible with diets. But the thing about it is, is, is so many times whenever I read this, that, that when Billy Graham said this, uh, it, it really struck me because there's so many times that there's people in the church, we're more worried about what our physical abilities look like and our spiritual man is starving to death on the inside. What are we feeding this morning? You see, withered means that which once held, once, that which once held life, but now is considered renderless. It's gone. There's no life to it. 
Just like our grass, whenever uh, there's no rain that comes for a long time, listen, it's going to become wilted. It's going to fade away just a bit. You see, it was which was strong, but now it's weak. It, it was which was once beautiful, it's now it's twisted and it's mangled. It's that which was designed to be functional, effective, but now it's rendered powerless. And that's what the adversary has done to the modern day, to our churches today, is he's rendered us powerless. He doesn't care if we come to church, but he don't want no power in the church. You see, there's a difference whenever we get some power in the church. That's when the enemy will start to stand on notice. But as long as we come and we don't put forth any effort, you see, he doesn't care that you attend church every time the doors are open. But he does care if you push into the presence of God. Because that's whenever lives will be changed. But there's one thing that I've noticed throughout my life. And, and listen, I don't know about you, but I've failed many times. I'm just going to be real honest with you. Listen, in my 25 years in, in uh, being saved, I, I have failed many times. And Shauna talked about it last Wednesday. She said it doesn't matter if you come once, if you come twice, if you come 50 times. Listen, it doesn't matter because you know what? Our God is in the renovation business. You know what? That's his specialty. Listen, our God, we serve a God that says, you know what? I'm going to resurrect that which, which is far too gone in your life. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been, I've been considered far too gone in my life. I remember whenever I got saved, Philip. I, I remember when people said, you know what, I'd never make it. I know what it's like whenever people said that, you know what, that guy's hooked on drugs and alcohol. Listen, I didn't have much of an education. Listen, I, I know what it's like when people said that he'll never be able to stand. But I serve a God that says, you know what? I'm in the renovation business. I can take what the enemy said that is broken, busted, and disgusted, and I can turn it, and I can use it for my good. I wish somebody would give him a hand clap right now and help me preach just a little bit. Amen. That's what's wrong with the church today is we're letting the adversary run roughshod over us when God says, I've got an abundance for you. I've got more than what you'll ever need. I've got a, you, we've not even tapped into the untapped potential that he has for each and every one of us. We just take for granted what we have. We've let the enemy tell us who God is. We've let, we've let our situation to di dictate who God is in our life. When God says, don't look at what's going on around me, look at me right now and I'll take you through it. Amen, he wants to do some great and mighty things. You see, he's, his specialty work is in the renovation business. You see, like I said, renovation, it means it's to, to resurrect that which was far too gone. Renovation means to make as good as it's ever been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you're at right now in your life. I'm going to tell you something. He's going to make you better than you've ever been right now. It, he's going to do what he said that he was going to do in your life. Renovation means to completely restore. I don't know about you, but I thank God that he can take somebody like me that's failed multiple times, that I've, I've failed him many, many, many times, and he said, you know what, I'm going to restore you. Hey, I'm glad that we got a father. And you know what, I can read in the Bible, and I start thinking about the man that laid by the pool of Bethesda for all those years. He said, you know what, I'm in the restoration business. He said, go ahead and take up your bed and walk. Hey man, he doesn't care how long you've been in your situation. If you're sick and tired of being where you're at, listen, all you got to do is just take it up and walk. You see, what about the woman that had the issue of blood? All she needed was just one simple touch. I don't know about you, but I know what it's like to be touched. You see, I, I, all I know is whenever I start thinking about Lazarus, he was dead, but yet he brought him back to life. You see, first of all, he had to deal with the, the withered hand. 
And I believe that there's too many people in the church today that are withered. We're withered. We got withered hearts. Listen, we don't have the same passion for God the way that we used to. Well, I remember whenever I first got saved. And listen, I, I couldn't have. I, I didn't want to miss uh, coming to the house of God. I, I, I just had a zeal. I, I just had a passion to get into His presence. It's because you know what? Another thing that we wither is is our minds. Whenever we come into the house of God, it seems like the enemy just runs roughshod over so bad that the only thing that we, we, we can think about everything that's going on outside of here, what we're going to cook when we go home or, or what tomorrow's going to bring on us, we can do everything but focus on what God wants to do in our life. It seems like so many times today in, in our churches that, that we've lost our vision. It's like we're, we're just wandering nomads. So many people have, have lost a vision of where God wants to take them. I'm going to tell you something. God's going to resurrect somebody's ministry in this place if you'll allow Him to. God's going to do what He said He was going to do in and through you if you'll just believe that. So many times we, we have withered uh, faith. We have withered emotions. We have, we have all kinds of stuff in our life. It's just so withered that we can't go and can't get through and do what God's called us to do because we're so withered. We're so dead on the inside. You see, Jesus commanded him to stretch forth his hand. You see, he had to first be willing to hand over his handicap. And I'm going to tell you this right now. What, what is your hand? What is the thing that's holding you back this morning? What is the thing that's holding you back from being able to worship freely with this praise and worship team? What is the thing that's holding you back from letting you walk into your fullness and your destiny? What is the thing that's holding you back from being the man or the woman of God that God's created you to be? What is the thing that we hold so close to us that we can't let go, but yet we can't be who God's called us to be? What is that thing this morning? I don't care who you are. We all have issues in our life. We all have things in our life that keeps us and prevents us from walking in the fullness of God. What is those things that we hold so close to us? You see, Jesus isn't going to take them unless we're willing to hand them over this morning. You know those situations and He knows those. But we've got to be willing to hand them over. But you see, not only do we got to hand them over, but we got to deal with the withered, not only with the withered hand, but he had to deal with the withered, withered congregation. You see, the ministry of the church is people that are alive. It's because people are alive and they're active in the church. And that's what God's looking for. God's looking for a church that's alive. God's looking for a church that's passionate. God's looking for a church that says, you know what, I, 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 wanna, I just want to serve him more than I do anything else. But what happens when a church starts to die? You see, it starts to wither because it's not because of the building, it's not because of the things that's inside of it, but it's because the people inside have withered and died. Oh, heaven forbid, I don't want to be that church. I don't want to be that church that says, you know what, he was once on fire, but now he, he's fizzled out. He, he, Paul said, you started the race, but what hindered you? I, I don't want to start out on fire for God and then fizzle out in the end. But I want to stay on fire more now than ever because you know what? God needs us to be more on fire than ever. And I've got four points that I want to pull out real quick. And, and you know what? Uh, I, I'm not going to be too long this morning. But uh, the first one is sometimes miracles, is, it's not as much about faith as it is about obedience this morning. I believe that, you know what, so many times we, we've heard from time to time in our lives the reason why you didn't get the blessing that you asked for or you didn't get your breakthrough or, or you didn't get what you wanted from God, you didn't get the baptism of the Holy Ghost or whatever the case may be, is because you didn't have enough faith. But you know what? Uh, what does faith have to do with this man right here that we read about? You know, the Bible said that all he had to do was obey. 
He stood there and he stretched out his hand and the Bible said that he was healed. You see, I don't know about you, but all you did was show up this morning. You didn't do anything else, but you got ready and you come to the house of God. And you know what? You have positioned yourself for God to bless you, but the thing about it is, is you've got to be willing to accept that blessing this morning. My question to you are, are you going to accept what He has for you this morning? You see, sometimes we, we, take, it, we take too much credit for God's, uh, for God's blessings, for God's healing. Sometimes I've heard people say that, you know what, it was my faith or it was my belief. No, it was the power of God. Sometimes we, we simply, just by obeying God and commanding, you know what, it, 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 just by obeying God, it sent forth His healing. And you see, it, it wasn't the man's faith, it wasn't any about that, but it was about His power. More now than ever, we need the power of God back in the church. We need the power back in our lives. You see, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have faith because you know what? We all need faith. I'm not saying that, you know what, my, my thing is if, if, we're not too, if we're too careful that uh, we're going to trust our faith level more than we trust our God level. You see, faith doesn't excuse disobedience. We have to be obedient. The second thing that I want to say this morning is we mistake or we substitute or confuse our location for our condition. Where was this man at? The Bible said that he was in the synagogue. He was in the house of God. We can read throughout, all throughout the, the New Testament where Jesus was in church. Listen, he didn't go just every now and then, but he went all the time. You can read uh, in Mark chapter 3 and 1. You can read in Luke 6 and 6. You can read in Hebrew. You can read all over where he assembled himself amongst believers. You see, he was in the church. But you know what? This man was in the church, but just like so many people, and you may be here this morning, you may be like this man, you may have been in the church, but you still had an issue to deal with. You still had a handicap. You still had a spiritual dilemma going on in your life. You still may have been broken. You still are messed up. You still are a mess this morning. But just like many of us, we put a mask on. We substituted or, or, or our location for our condition. You see, we're in the right place week after week. We, we come to church. We do what we're supposed to. We come to family night. We put on our mask and we put on our religious facade just a little bit. We, we put in our condition, and we call, but we never have a change in our lives. So many times we come in and all we do is, is we act spiritual, but still on the inside we leave the same way that we come in. You see, to me, you, you can be in every church service that you want to and you can still be withered. You can still be shriveled up. You can still be less than whole. But just in the right location, just at the right time, I'm going to tell you something. He'll send a move by your way. If you'll just believe that God can do what He said He would do. Listen, don't mistake your situation for your condition. Just because you're in the house doesn't mean that everything's okay. There's sometimes you'll come into the house of God and you'll still be hurting on the inside. You'll still have past issues. You'll still have family problems. You'll still have some things in your life that you need to surrender to God. But so many times we come in one way and we leave the same way. It's because we've settled for a less than what God has for us. So many times we come in and, and, and God's got a special way. God wants to pour out something on our life, but yet we settle for what the enemy says that we need to settle for. We settle for something less than. You know, I'm glad that you're here this morning, but however, I'm more concerned about your condition being addressed this morning and being changed this morning. 
Listen, we can't leave the same way that we come in. You see, we got too many people that come into church that are spiritually crippled. They're spiritually lame. They, they, need, some, they need a touch from, from God. They need a, a, a dose of the Holy Ghost, as one would say. But you know what? It's time that we check our condition in the altars. Amen. I, I believe that, that we've discredited the altars more now than ever in our churches. I'm going to tell you something. There's power in the altars. I'm going to tell you something. There's power whenever I got down 25 years ago and I prayed and I asked Jesus into my heart. I'm going to tell you something. There's still power in that. And 25 years later, I'm going to tell you something. He'll still do what he said he would do and he'll do it. Amen. God, there's power in these altars. You see, but I believe just like a whole lot of people in the church, if we're not careful... We'll become just like the Pharisees that were back in Jesus' day. Whenever he asked a man to stand, listen, they, they knew what was going on. And just like in the praise and worship today, listen, the adversary wants to tell you, listen, you don't have to participate to get a blessing. But I'm going to tell you something. I believe there's just something whenever we release our inner man and say, God, I want you to bless me, that God will pour out a blessing upon each and every one of us. Amen. Don't let your location... Make up for your condition this morning. And the third thing that I want to talk about is, and this one right here, I, I really enjoyed this one. It says, we are more concerned about our reputation than we are our healing. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been in church long enough where I've, I've seen a, uh, I remember when I was a kid, they would put, uh, had a show on called Putting on the Hits, and they would get up and they would lip sing to these songs and stuff like that. And I'm going to tell you something, that's a lot of what the church does today. Listen, we can have church without God. Amen? Amen. But the thing about it is, is Jesus commanded this man to stretch forth his hand. Notice he didn't say which hand. So why didn't he stretch forth his good hand? You might say, you know what, Dwight, that sounds like a dumb question. But you know what, isn't that what we've been trained to do? We've been trained to put forth our best foot, to put forth our, our best hand forward, to never let them see you sweat, to never let them see your, your weakness, to fake it till you make it. I'm too blessed to be distressed. Listen, we've been told to do everything but what we're supposed to do. You see, we don't, what we try to do is try to cover up the things that stink in our lives. And the reason why we can't get to where God wants us to go is because we keep concealed the things that stink the most in our lives. You see, you remember whenever Mary and Martha, whenever Jesus came to the tomb of Lazarus, what did they say to him? They said, Jesus, well, you, you've come too late. Listen, he's been dead for over four days. By now he begins to stink. And you see, that's the same way with us. We come into church time and time again, week after week after week, and we've got stinking things in our lives that we won't show, that we won't reveal to God. And I'm going to tell you something. The only way that we're going to get to where God wants us to get to is we've got to uncover and we've got to reveal the things that stink in our lives. We want to know why God doesn't move the way that we used to. It's because we got stink in our life. It's, it's because, you know what, we, we, we started to smell. Just, and you know what, it's easy done. But Jesus is trying to uncover the stinky things in our lives so he can be who he wants to be in our lives. Amen. We, we got to uncover them because I, I believe that, you know what, he, he wants to get rid of the stink in our lives. We must be willing to, to get to a place in our lives where, we can, where we're more concerned about being healed than we are our reputation. You see, this is what this man, uh, he would have forfeited his rights. And, and in the first service, I, I, I'm not blessed to have a, a little boy, but I've got three little girls. I've got a, I said I was going to surround myself with beautiful women. I just didn't know I was going to have them all. 
uh, but, but the thing about it is, is this man would have forfeited his rights right now. And if you have an Emerson in your house like i got, you have to dress every baby doll that she's got. And uh, so, listen, and, and I don't know about you, but, but I, I couldn't imagine if I had a handicap and, and I, I couldn't help her dress that baby. Or if I had a little boy and, and, and we was playing football last night and we was t- playing toss with some of the boys out there in the backyard a little bit. You see, he would have missed out on all of those things right there if he was more worried about his reputation than he was being concerned about being healed. You see, he, he would have been surrounded. He would have been sentenced to a life of less than. He would have had to deal with all the stares. He would have had to deal with all the, the jokes, the ridicules. He would have been had to worry about uh, what everybody thought about him. But instead, he said, you know what? I don't care about what you think about me. I need a touch from God this morning. I've got some stink in my life. I've held it so close to me long enough that, that it's hindered me. I don't even Sometimes I don't even want to go to church because I, I can't get into the presence of God the way that I want to because I've got so much stink inside of me that, that I can't be who God's want me to be. I, I, I can't do the things that God's called me to do because I'm holding on. I'm holding real close to, my, to myself the, the stinky things in my life. Hey man, my attitudes. Oh, I, I, I'm hiding all these things. But what's most important to you this morning, is it your reputation or a touch from God this morning? So what if somebody don't think that you got it all together? I, I, I could care less if, if you think that, that I, I, I've got it all together. Listen, I, I'm going to tell you, who, who cares if, if, if you know what, uh, uh, maybe I don't have it all together. But listen, I'd rather be not have it all together, but yet experience some move of God in my life. Reputation or being healed, it's your call this morning. And the last one, sometimes healing requires exposure. You see, Jesus came in contact with a man that had a withered hand, but it was obvious to everybody that the man had an issue because the religious people, all the leaders, they begin to watch closely. Because, and what I want you to notice this morning is he speaks to the man and he stands him in the center of the room and he commands him, to stretch forth his hand. Now the man obeys and he stretched forth his, his withered hand out. It, it, was, it was mangled. It, it, was, it was less than what it used to be. It was his right hand. It, it was the, the, the hand of authority. And, and you know what? He stuck it out. And, and you know what? It didn't look like nobody else's hand. But he stuck it out in front of God and everybody to be able to see it. You see, he commanded the man to expose his very weakness in front of everybody so they could see it. You see, God will not heal what you're, not, what you're continuing to hide this morning. Amen. He can't heal your hurt. He can't heal your past. He can't heal your marriage. He can't heal your joy. He can't heal your peace. He can't heal your walk with God unless you're willing to reveal it this morning. You see, you can stretch forth your good hand all day. And I, I imagine that that's what a lot of us probably would have done is we would have stretched forth a good hand but he would have never received the blessing or he wouldn't have known what it was like to be set free if he would have. You see, if he would have stretched forth his good hand, I believe that he would have forfeited his right to being healed. The only way that you're going to be able to receive a touch from the Lord is to stretch forth your brokenness. You've got to give him all your hurt this morning. You come in here and you're crushed on the inside, but you put on a smile. You come in here this morning and, and listen... All hell's breaking loose in, at, at home. 
you come in here and listen, you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders. He's saying, you know what? All I want you to do is reveal it. Give it to me at this altar. And listen, watch what God will do. You've you got to be bold enough to uncover the problems. You've got to be willing to extend it and say, you know what? I don't care who sees it. I don't care what you think about me after this because you know what? I'm asking you to extend your mess. I'm asking you to expose your weakness this morning. I'm asking you to reveal your pain and your hurt. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 9 says, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest upon me. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know how many people would want to boast about the things that were going on in their life. But you know what? He said, that's because that's Christ's power that rests upon me. And verse 10 says, that is why for Christ's sake I delight in weakness, I ins- in, in insult, in hardship, in perseverance, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, I, I believe whenever you reach out your weakness to Him, that He'll reach down to you. It doesn't matter what you're facing. If you say, you know what, God, I'm going to give it to you. I believe we serve a God that's going to reach way down and He's going to pull you out. You see, you have to be real this morning. You have to be real broken. You have to be real hurt. You have to be real angry. You have to be real depressed. You see, most of the people that we read about in our Bibles right now, you know what? They were men that had a limp. They were men that had a a speech impediment. They were people that had anger issues. You see, these are the broken type of people that God took their brokenness and He exposed it for everybody to see. But yet, He used them in a mighty way. You must be real with yourself this morning. You see, there's no reason to walk out of here with the same issues that you walked in here with. There's absolutely no reason. You see, Jesus never took him to a back room so he could perform this miracle, but yet he done it right there where everybody could see it. And you know what? That's the same God we're serving this morning. It doesn't matter what you're facing. He wants your issue this morning. He wants to heal you this morning. He wants to set you free this morning. You see, it's time for you to stand up and to rip off your religious mask. It's time that you stand up and say, you know what, I'm sick and tired of being somebody that I'm not this morning. It's time that we reveal ourselves and say, you know what, I need a move of God in my life. In closing, Nicholas, you can come to the music this morning. Jesus is saying, you know what, I see the hand that that you have this morning, but what are you going to do with it? Proverbs chapter 28 verse 13 says, He who cancels, he who conceals his sin, do not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. The truth is this morning that you can be made whole. I know that the enemy says, you know what? You're not going to make it. You're never going to be who God's called you to be, but I'm going to tell you that's a lie. You're going to be made whole this morning if you'll just reveal your issues to Him. If you'll uncover the stink, I promise you, you got a God that can speak to any issue that you're in right now and set you free. My question is to you, will you allow the Lord to take your withered parts of your life and make them whole this morning? If you will, let's stand across the building. Jesus wants to restore you and all your brokenness, but my thing is, are you willing to be real this morning? Listen, we've seen enough counterfeits that walk in and walk out. 
But God is speaking to you this morning and said, will you be real? Will you be authentic this morning? Will you be vulnerable so that I can touch you this morning? But just like I said earlier, first of all, you've got to be willing to give it. If you're not willing to give it, He can't take it from you this morning. Maybe you come in here and you say, you know what, just like they sung this morning, miracles happen when you move. Listen, the presence of God has moved in this house this morning. He's here. He's positioned you here for a reason because He wants to bless you. He wants to take your issue this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and you're lost, you're backslidden. You don't have to leave that way. Maybe you're here and you're broken, you're grieving, you're hurting. You can give it to Him this morning. Maybe you're peace. Maybe, maybe you, you, you need sense of direction. Maybe, maybe you don't know which way to turn. He's here this morning. Listen, He's done His part. It's like they said earlier. Now He's waiting for you to do your part. If you would, let's bow our heads. Dear God, our most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank You today. God, I ask You right now, Lord, that You would move, Lord, that You would touch Your people. God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would just let us be real this morning with you, Lord. God, we faked it enough. It doesn't matter, Lord. It's not about who we are, but God, it's about who you are this morning. God, it's not about what we can do for you, but God, it's what you can do for us this morning. God, with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're here this morning. You said, Dwight, I'm lost. I don't know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you're backslidden. Would you just be honest this morning with you? Would you be authentic and just shoot your hand up and say, that's me. Would you pray for me? Just be real this morning. How many is here saying, you know what? I've got some things in my life that stink. I've got some things in my life that I, I need to lay down at this altar. I, I, need to, I need to get rid of some things because I want God to move in me like he wants to move in me. Amen. I believe that that's every single one. If that's you, listen, if you've got some things in your life, listen, He's going to position you for a reason. And that's so you can get in a place where He can pour out a blessing upon you. And my thing is, there's still power in these altars. If you've got some issues in your life that you need to lay down, you've got some family problems, whatever the problem may be this morning, I challenge you, put your mask on, come down to these altars and watch God move in your life. as they. Sing.